This is the Hidden White Podcast, episode 730, my interview with Brian P. Moran. Enjoy. G'day and welcome to another interview on the Hidden White Podcast. How are you guys out there today? I hope you're loving it. Guys, today I am bringing you an interview I did with Brian P. Moran. He is the author of his latest book. He actually wrote a little book and then he's made it a published book now. It is called The 12-Week Year. Get more done in 12 weeks than others do in 12 months. You can probably guess what it's about. It's about really getting more done. But it's also about the idea of getting the annual plans out of our heads. This isn't about a quarterly plan. This isn't about breaking a year into four. This is about setting 12-week plans. Um, We talk about, you know, creating visuals. How do we... How do we transform our visions of the future, our dreams, into shorter-term, actionable, tactical plans? We talk a lot about that. Um, Look, good conversation, a lot in it, guys. I think there's some power in this 12-week plan. I certainly am going to run with it. I've just created an annual plan, and I've broken it into fours, but I think I need to sort of reshape that now after speaking with Brian and put it into a 12-week actionable plan. Let me know what you think, guys. Jump onto thehiddenwire.com and leave your thoughts there. You can reach me on The Hidden Why at Facebook and Messenger and also reach out to Brian, pick up a copy of his book, support the show by using the link in the show notes at thehiddenwhy.com. Until next time, guys. See you soon. Brian, welcome to The Hidden Why Podcast. How the heck are you today? I'm great. I'm great. It's good to be with you. Mate, it's fantastic all the way on the other side there over in Michigan. Beautiful day there for you. Oh, yeah, beautiful. Freezing rain. <laughs> freezing freezing rain. <laughs> freezing rain. Yes, indeed. I used to say when I was living in Japan, um, bone chilling. I used to feel the cold in my bones. You know that feeling? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, we get that a lot here. I was in Japan uh, about two months ago in Kyoto. Where, where did you live? I lived uh, north of Kyoto up in a prefecture called Gunma in a little right. town called Anakashi. Very cool. Kyoto is the most amazing place in the world, or one of them anyway. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it was really, it was really awesome. And um, so tell us a little bit about yourself, Brian. You, you've um, had a lot of experience in, in your field of work, but tell us what that is and, and what got you into it. You know, it's, it's interesting. I, I was getting a degree in physiology to be a strength coach, and I was working at UPS, mm. which is a package delivery company here in the States, and they're in Australia too. You may be familiar with them. But um, um, they had offered me a promotion to go into part-time management. I was paying my way through college, and I took that job not knowing where it would lead, and it took me in a completely different direction than what I had expected. Yeah, right. Uh, and just I, I ended up working for a guy that was really a coach long before – that was even on the radar in business, right? And so I got really switched on to the whole notion of leadership and performance and what it takes to perform at your best. And, you know, fast forward to today, that's that's all we do at the 12-week year. I mean, every day we get up and we look for ways to help our clients get more of what they want faster. And, and so it's, uh, I love what we do. I mean, our whole mission is to change lives. And mm. uh, so that's what we're about, making a difference. Yeah, that's cool. What, um I suppose it's interesting the um, the path sometimes that life leads us down, isn't it? Without uh, knowledge of or expectation, that's where we were going. But where we end up is sometimes uh, an interesting concept. Do you think there's a connection between where you are now to perhaps your upbringing and and you know the the path that was meant to be in essence? Oh, I believe it was meant to be. I, I you know it wasn't a path I saw, um, 
But, you know, it, it's interesting because I, I was hardwired to always look for ways to get better. I, I mean, I had a paper route as a kid, and some of your listeners may not even know what that was. But, you know, back in the day before smart devices, they printed the news on paper and we had to deliver it. And I remember I, I would just I started timing myself and looking for ways to get better, you know, to cut time off my paper route just to make it interesting. And then that carried over into sports, into school, and then probably should have been reversed, probably should have started with school, but it didn't. And then in the business and in life. And, and so something in me was just hardwired from the very beginning about wanting to do better, wanting to help others and um, sharing what I've learned. And so, so just, regardless of where I ended up, you know, that was, that was part of my makeup, my DNA. Okay. So you're driven to, to constantly improve and, and obviously productivity was, was something that you, you valued. Yeah, Absolutely. What um what is it about you know as a kid trying to do more like with your paper route for example was it was it sort of to make it more enjoyable make a game out of what you had to do in increasing your time etc or was it just to to get it all done so you could do other things No it was more of a game Yeah Yeah it was definitely a game and and just testing myself and pushing myself and yeah so it was you know and I, and, and I think a lot of people find that you know the um if you're successful in life and you continue to get better, it's because you have a desire like that. Um, mm. It's not about it's not about more money, or it's it's really kind of just this this interest in okay, can I can I improve from here? Can I and and you know for me that's fun. Has it? So you mean it sounds like it's always been like that for you, but for me personally, um, and a lot of people I talk to, there is that element at some point in their life where we it is all about money. It is all about trying to achieve a certain level of status or success in our career. I mean, was that the case for you or did you always just put forward whatever you did, just a challenge of making sure you did the best you could and always uh, improved? Well, it's been, it's been both, right? So in the yeah. career, it's, there's a certain level of money and lifestyle and even money in terms of the measurement of accomplishment, right? I'm working now to scale my business a whole nother level <laughs> Yeah, because that's, that's available. That's the next level. That's one measure of what I look at in terms of success. But if, if, if I did that without the other pieces, it wouldn't be very fulfilling. <laughs> mm, no, exactly. Okay, cool. So tell us, um, I mean, you, you've, you've no doubt learned a lot um, in the course of your career and what you do. What are, in regards to performance um, and improving our performance, what are maybe a couple of the things that you think are the keys to doing that? Yeah, I, I think the biggest key is you got to realize it's all about the execution. Mm -hmm. It's not enough to know. It's not enough to be smart. It's not enough to have great marketing ideas or, or, or uh, lots of resources. In the end, you've got to implement. The, the marketplace, the world only rewards what you execute, what you implement. And so that's our focus. That's everything we do. So the things we do fall under that umbrella of it doesn't matter unless you apply it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And if people just did what they already know, Honestly, they, they, they'd make more money, they'd have better health, they'd have better relationships without learning anything new, just applying what they know. Okay, right? so it's, all, it's all in the taking, taking action. It is, and yet, and yet they're always searching for new ideas, right? They're looking for the next new idea when they haven't even applied what they currently know. Why do we do that? Like, I, I certainly know that I do that occasionally, um, probably more in the past than I do now, but... Certainly getting to a point where I'm, I'm taking action, doing some things, you know, executing to a certain level, perhaps not to the full extent. And then, you know, I'm searching for other things. 
to fill that schedule. And I've had these realizations a couple of times in the past where I just look at my schedule and go, what the heck am I doing? I've got all these things that I'm trying to do, all these things I'm trying to learn and create. And I'm just going, it's just overkill. Why don't I just follow the basics and execute on the basics and just do that really well? Right. Yeah. What's what's the reason we do this? Well, I I think part of it is that's the easier route, isn't it? Anything worthwhile in life takes work. Hmm. There's heavy lifting involved. Well, there's not a lot of heavy lifting going off and searching for the next whiz-bang idea or looking for the silver bullet, even though it doesn't exist, right? So so there's some excitement about that. There's some hope in that. And it's easy, quite mm. honestly. Mm. Um, you know, do, doing the work is not easy. No. Well, I actually found when I, like this one particular time in my career, I was in real estate um, probably five or six years ago, and actually not even that long. And it wasn't like I just looked at what I was doing and it wasn't easier. It actually made it more stressful for me in some sense. Um, whereas if I looked at the the most things that got me the better, best results, um, I wasn't doing them as well as I could because I was focusing on all these other things. And it actually made my life quite stressful and anxious and, and all that sort of thing. So I don't know if it was easier. Yes, some of the, the pressures of the tasks might be easier, but overall, um, collectively, it was a lot worse. I I believe. Yeah, I, I would agree. But in the moment, right? And, and and when you're faced with doing a task or doing something else, it's easier to do something else. It's yeah. easier to do yeah, okay. the things you've always done. Yeah. And so withdrawn, you know, I think the the number one challenge to being great is is overcoming comfort, right? It's sacrificing your comfort hmm. because we are wired for that. And so that's how, you know, that's how great companies go out of business. That's how great performers become mediocre. They just do what they've always done and it worked in the past the problem is the marketplace has moved on things change Mm. Mm. so you've written a great book um the 12 week year and i love the title um it gets your attention that's for sure get more done in 12 weeks than others do in 12 months um certainly for me um, and many others listening i know that if we could do more in 12 weeks than than even we could do in 12 months um we'd be very happy um and not not very happy in the superficial level we'd, we'd feel good about our achievements but i know most of us um you know we have a few goals that we want to achieve during a year and some and mostly we even struggle to get those done so to get them done in 12 weeks that'd be um a monumental increase on our performance so question yeah, i have I mean, brian that, is that, where do we start with yeah, that but, but, the, the first place is you got to get out of the annual environment, hmm. right? The, the 12-month cycle that everybody operates in and doesn't even question because it, that cycle creates this illusion of lots of time. You know, this January, everybody's fired up. Everybody's thinking new year, going to be a great year. We'll get to the end of January and virtually everyone will be behind on their goals, but nobody's worried. Yeah. You know, why is that? Yeah, yeah, true. Because I actually just thought about that the other day. Yeah. I got 11 months to catch up, no big deal. And they go through the year that way. And so, um, you know, that's that's where the 12-week year was born out of a, an athletic training process called periodization. But but our clients work in the context of every 12 weeks as a year where there's a hard line in the sand at the end of 12 weeks. And, and no, there aren't four of those in the year. That's annualized thinking. It's just this 12-week year followed by the next. And and when you when you put that hard line in the sand 12 weeks out, something changes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty dramatically okay that's right? interesting uh, so it's not looking at at quarters or anything like that it's actually looking at 12 weeks there's no year there's no four times 12 weeks it's just 12 weeks 12 weeks is the year okay yep. is that i mean obviously i understand the 
the idea of time. So the the more time we have, we can you know kick back a little bit and go, okay, it's not too bad. You know, end of January, yeah, haven't really gotten too far this month, but hey, I've got I've got some more time. So I, I get that, and and why twelve weeks makes more sense in that direction. But is it also a case of that we, you know, we don't know what's going to happen next? We can plan and prepare much more for twelve weeks than we can for twelve months because you know in by six months time anything could change in my life and therefore all the goals and things that I'm striving for and the measures to get there could change too. Absolutely. You're right on. Right, the, the Planning when it first made its way into business and goal setting and all that is almost 100 years old. Mm. And back then, you could look out five, six, seven years, not a lot was going to change. That's not the environment we're in today. We're in a much more dynamic environment, and yet most organizations, most individuals do what they did nearly 100 years ago, which is they do this annual goal setting and this annual planning. And, you know, typically by April, the plan's outdated and the goals are given up on. <laughs> hmm. It's hmm. just it's just not effective. You know, it, any plan, any goal is better than none, but, but there's some serious um, barriers with annualized planning and annualized goal setting. It, ju- it just, and it's around that illusion of lots of time and the ability um you know, the dynamic environment that we live in um, requires that we, you know, a more flexible process, a process we can adjust. Because, come on, you you can't predict what's going to happen next week, let alone six, nine months from now. No. Um, yeah. No, it's so true. Um, yeah, I mean, I just look at the year ahead. And actually, the question that I often think about or the thought I th- often have is, you know, because they used to talk about five-year plans and ten-year plans and all this sort of stuff, and I like the idea of dreaming and having a visual for where you see yourself in five years. But to plan and set goals for that um, seems quite hard longer term. But if I could just focus on, well, what can I do for the next three months that might take me one step closer to that dream? Is you know, it makes more sense to me. Is there something you could, you could use to explain the difference between visualization, long-term plans, or dreams? compared to short-term goals and achievement statements? Yeah, so so vision is a part of what it takes to execute, but a vision without action is just a pipe dream. So, you, you know, you want a longer-term vision. We take, we, we really do two points in time. We do long-term aspirational, right? Five, 10, 15 years in the future. What is What do you want your life to look like? What does great look like? God willing, you're going to be here. Let's make it great. And then we bring that near-term to three years, but we set... 12-week goals that are aligned with that three-year vision and that longer-term vision so that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm stepping into that. Um, I'm living into that. Um, but the key with that longer-term vision is that you stay connected to it because that's the why. In the end, we need to connect our daily actions to that longer-term vision beyond the goal, but the longer-term vision that says, you know, if I do these things, this is the life I'm living. I don't mm-hmm. have to do these things. Right? I only have to do these things if I want this in life. The other option is what? Well, I can dumb down my expectations in life. I mm. can settle for less in life. Mm. And, and that's a choice. But which choice, you know, which one do I want to choose? Mm. Do I want to settle for less in life or do I want to step up and do what it takes to have this kind of life? And, and everybody has to make, you know, answer that question for themselves. But the 12-week year creates clarity around that. And it, it forces you to confront it. And that's what's so powerful about it. So how do you help people sort of set or, or tap into that, you know, ideal future? Let's say five years or 10 years. 
How do you help yeah. them tap into that and sort of visualize where they want to be without, you know, just creating it up based on all the extrinsic factors that exist in our lives and creating something really meaningful to them? I mean, I assume that's a, a important first step for this process. It absolutely is. And so there's a couple different exercises we take them through, but really it's just about taking time out and and doing the work. So, you know, we do that at every level with everybody, and most people are really uncomfortable with it. And I think part of it is because they're like, boy, you know, if there's one thing I don't want to screw up, it's the vision for my life. Well, well not having a vision is the biggest screw up you can have. <laughs> hmm. So taking some time and just thinking through what's meaningful. Otherwise, what you're alluding to is society is, is happy to define it for you, right? They'll tell you what you should value and what you should strive to be and, and all of that. Mm. Um, you need to do that personally. Yeah. Right? You need to take yeah. some time. And it's not, a, it's not a one-time exercise. I mean, we might spend a couple hours on it in a workshop, but that's an exercise you're never done with because the key is there's emotional connection to it. And, and the more I engage it, the more the neurons start to fire and, and create new pathways that – will allow me to act on that more more easily and more consistently. Hmm. And that's that's the power of vision. That to me is the difference between having a vision and having a dream. <laughs> yeah. And I and I, I totally get and appreciate that, you know, visions will change. And I think that's sometimes what makes it difficult because, you know, right now there's a lot of people out there um, doing their vision board potentially, you know, where they see themselves yeah. in five years, putting up some nice pictures there. Uh, some might be influenced externally, some might be more meaningful and important to them. And then, you know, six months through the year, they, they find something else that triggers their curiosity and they go, oh, that might be, you know, better. Um, perhaps I don't really, you know, need that house or land and um, I'd like a condo in blah, 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 wherever. Um, so the, the visions can change and, and that can sort of upset um, the vision that we started out with. Is that a problem? It's not a problem. That's, that's life, right? The, yeah. the key, though, is you, you stake a claim. Hmm. And what you'll find is if you really get at what's in your heart, it doesn't change that frequently. Hmm. It really doesn't. So what what uh, what is a practice? What is a practice that you help people yeah. to identify some of those things that are important? Sorry to interrupt, but um, yeah, yeah, what is what is one practice that you could just share now with the audience to help them tap into those things that are important to them that could form part of their vision? Yeah. So so think about think about your late in life. Think about you're in your nineties and you're sitting in this beautiful spot. Maybe it's on the on the shore of a lake or someplace that's quiet and serene and you're looking back over your life and you kind of, you start with, you know, your career, all the jobs you had from your first part-time job to the day you retired. And you think about, um, you know, your spouse or your partner and your family and the relationships and the people you met and the impact you had. And, and, and as you look back over that, what are you pleased with? What do you look and you kind of go, Whoa, I'd like, I'd like that to be different. Right. But that'll that'll begin to give you a sense of, um, you know, when it's all said and done and you look back, what really mattered? Yeah. Yeah. That's so looking at sort of, yeah, I guess the future and um, your legacy as well, in a sense there. Yes. You know, yep. and yep. How, how you want to influence that, you know, looking back and, and the things that perhaps you don't want to be a part of that, that vision. Yeah. Okay. It's right. Good. Why there's still time to, to shape it. Mm, yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. So then how do we bring that vision into the 12 week formula? Well, then, then we move forward and we look at, okay, we got to begin to build a plan and we set 12 week goals that enable that vision. So, you know, I've always said, if you've got a big vision, you probably need a lot of money. If you, if you, 
if your vision's really tiny, you probably don't need a lot of money. And so what, um, you know, some of the, some of the goals will be, um, will financially fund some of the vision. Some of the vision is more intrinsic, but the work you do should, should satisfy that piece as well. So when we come to the 12 week goals, we start with where am I at currently? And can I fulfill that vision with what I'm doing today? Or are there transitions that need to take place? And then how do I perform in my current role? And what, what do I need to do to start that transition if, if it takes a transition? Yeah. So do we look at, at some of those the values that we can derive from the vision, the, the long-term vision, to incorporate into our 12-week goals that we set for ourselves and behaviors that align with that? Sure. Do you, do you have an example of that? That you're thinking of well let's say health is, is one of those things that i value yeah. um and certainly you yeah. know i look back on my life i look back and I, I see that i've led a healthy life that i've been healthy into an older age i've been able to um enjoy time with my children and their children's as well um into a into an old age that to me is health so then how do i bring that forward into actionable steps for that 12-week plan so you'd set you'd set a goal around your health yeah so there is definitely an idea of drawing out the values of your vision that relate to those goals because, you know, let's say I want to buy a big house in 10 years on the yeah. on the ocean. Now that's going to yeah. take some money. How do I connect those to values that are going to then be aligned with the goals that I set for the next 12 weeks? Or is that yeah, part I don't, of the... I, no, it's part of it. And I think it's easier than you're making it out, right? So, So what do I need to do in the next 12 weeks to... To start to to start to live into that. Hmm. So wherever I'm at, what, give me an example. Maybe I'm a small business owner, and I go, okay. One of the things I can do to have that big house is I got to build my business to the next level. All right, what does that look like over the next 12 weeks? What do I what do I want to hit in terms of sales? What things do I need to work on that will build capacity for the future? Hmm. But I'm going to keep it very focused, because yeah. the, the 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 problem people have, and and this is exacerbated in the annual environment, is they always take on too much. Yeah. And they're overwhelmed and diffused. Yeah. So the the twelve week year is all about focus. So we're going to focus in one or two areas and really move the needle. So keep it really simple. One, one, two, three areas of focus for that twelve week period. Yep. From a goal standpoint, and then you're going to build out a tactical plan. Most plans are conceptual. Yeah. You can't execute concepts. You got to get tactical. And there again, we're looking for the critical few, right? What's the least number of tactics to accomplish the goal? Um, and, and that's where the heavy lifting comes in because it's not the stuff you've been doing. If you want, if you want a different result, you're going to have to do things differently and do different things. Yeah. And so those are the actions that we're looking for that are going to drive a different level of, of result, either different level of health, different level of sales in your business, a different level of relationship, whatever, whatever you set as the goal. Do we have to break it down? Like for a 10-year vision of, of what we want to achieve, do we have to break it down in case, say, well, that's going to be – you know, a million dollar house or two million dollar house by then, whatever it is. So I need to break that down into a twelve week time frame. What do I need to do to take me that step closer to that? Like, can we break two million dollars down into a period of time to help get us there? I mean, how do we set realistic goals for that twelve weeks that aren't gonna that are going to be sustainable? I guess. Yeah. So one of the things that you'll find is the twelve week year is not about taking everything you would do in twelve months and cramming it into twelve weeks. It's about accomplishing more. And, and that doesn't happen by doing more. It happens by doing, more, you know, more consistently with the, the things that matter most. Hmm. 
And, uh, and so if you say, you know, I, I want this big house in 10 years, the reality is, is you could probably have it a lot sooner than that if you're willing to do the work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what, what, because people are annualized, they'll tend to take an annual goal and divide it by four, and that becomes their 12-week goal. And what I'll tell you is that's very limiting. Hmm. I mean, I talked with uh, one of our clients, September 7th, she called me, and she's <laughs> in the corporate world. She's a wholesaler, and she said, you know, I just got off the phone with my boss, and I hit my annual goal. It was September 7th. Um, you, you, know, you know, half her peers or more were going to miss their goals for the entire year. She hit it by September 7th. And she said, I'll probably double it before the end of December, which she did. Okay. That wouldn't have happened had she taken the annual goal and just divided it by four. So, so it's, it's, it's okay to do some of those exercises like that um, and, and break some of that stuff down. But I wouldn't get too hung up on that. I would say, what's the best 12 weeks I can put together right now? What's the best I've ever done? What, um, what momentum do I have? What tailwinds do I have? What headwinds am I facing? Hmm. And, and, I'd, and I'd stake a claim and I'd go after it and see where that puts me. Knowing that it's on the path to get that house. Um, we worked with a plastic bottler. They were a, a $17 million company. They were kind of stuck there. They had a five-year vision of getting the $25 million. At the end of 12 months, we had them at $23 million. Okay, yeah. They accomplished their four-year vision in 12 months. Yeah. And, and so, you know, it's, so, so I don't get too hung up on, gosh, i got to figure out the numbers by year, by month, by all of that. No, no, no. Okay, that's what I want. What am I willing to do? What can I do now? How do I set the goals now? What's the best 12 weeks I've ever had? Um, what am I willing to really commit to and sell out to? And, and part of that is people need to understand you don't control the outcomes. Okay, so is this, and I'm, I might be, correct me if I'm wrong, but we don't really need to look at the outcome that we want to achieve in 12 weeks, but rather the, the action steps that we're going to take. No, you need to look at the outcome. Okay, so but you don't control the outcome. If I've got a, a year action. goal at the moment to earn hundred thousand dollars this year, yeah. what you're yeah. saying is, well, make that twelve week plan. How am I going to earn a hundred thousand in twelve weeks? Yeah, or maybe it's forty thousand. You know, I don't know what the number is. All I'm saying is, I wouldn't just take twenty five thousand because it's a quarter of it. Mm. I think about what's the best twelve weeks I've ever done. Yeah, you know, what do, what do I have work in? What, you know, if, if I can build a plan to achieve 112 weeks, build a plan for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But for someone who has just, let's say, started a new career this year and they're saying, well, this is why I'm doing this because I really want to, you know, take my family on more holidays, want to buy that house from the family, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yep. Um, you know, in the next 12 weeks, I want to earn X amount of dollars, 40000 let's say. Now, they've got no history to go on this. Is that a fair strategy to yeah. go on? Like, is that unrealistic? Well, here's the reality. Every plan um, has some swag in it. That's, I don't know if you know the acronym, scientific wild ass guess, right? <laughs> right. There, is, there is no perfect plan. Yeah. Doesn't matter how long you've done it, there is no perfect plan. Okay. So you take your best shot. And, and if, I, if I'm clueless on what to do, then I'm going to go talk to people in my company and ask them, or I'm going to go look at people that have done what I want to do. So I don't have to necessarily make the same mistakes. But at some point, I'm going to execute something. What's that going to be? That's my plan. And then as we, as we walk that out, some of it's going to work, some of it's not. That's why we need a tactical plan so we can pinpoint the breakdowns. Yeah. And, and, and so the process is to create the best plan you can create, knowing it's flawed, yep. go out in the marketplace, succeed or fail as fast as you can, and then come back and tighten it up. And go back out, succeed or fail as fast as you can, come back tighten it up. I guess that's the benefits of doing it over 12 the, weeks. Yeah, and you're never going to go more than 12 weeks before you do a hard stop 
and and assess and reload. Mm. Yeah, well, it's it's certainly better than getting to twelve months and going, geez, that didn't really work out that well. Right, way off target. Let's replan because yeah. then you just you're going year after year, aren't you? Rather than um, yeah, twelve week time periods, uh, which I like. I like the idea of that. So you're saying yeah. let's just go out there, take the best educator we guess we can do. Okay, in twelve weeks, this is what I'd like to achieve. Um, how I'm going to do that? Let's look at some of the people in the fields that are having success in that in that area, whatever it might be. Yep. Um, sort of mirror some of their behaviours and put that into our tactical plan for twelve weeks, and then go gun ho, focusing on that entirely, or you know that or a couple of other things, um, and then reassessing at the end of twelve weeks whether we failed or succeeded. Yeah, and so we're we're assessing every week along the way. Mm-hmm. That's how we don't have to wait through the end of twelve weeks to make adjustments, but we make adjustments based on market feedback, right? We're not just guessing at it. And so unless you're executing your plan at a high level, you don't change the plan, Hmm. whether it's producing or not, because you're not executing enough. Why should it be producing? If you're executing at a high level and it's not producing, there'll be feedback from the marketplace that'll tell you how to adjust it. That's the key. Okay. So let's just let's just do a simple goal. And we started on 40,000. So let's just say that's our goal for the month, 40,000. We want to achieve that. We look at the industry and say, well, these are some of the things I can do. How do we break that down into, you know, you talk about daily action steps, weekly reviews, um, so that can, we can execute on the highest level? Yeah, the key is that plan has to be tactical. And so a tactic is a statement that is, describes an action you can take. Okay. So if I'm in sales, cross-sell is a great concept. That's not a tactic. Referrals is a great concept. It's not a tactic. Uh, making calls is a great concept. That's not a tactic, right? Mm-hmm. It needs to describe the actions I take. Ask for referrals three times a day. Okay. Right? That's a tactic. Mm-hmm. And so take those ideas, those concepts, and break them into tactics. And most of those concepts have multiple tactics. They're not just one action. Yeah. So if the action doesn't, if the tactic doesn't describe the action you take, then you don't, you don't have a true tactic. Okay. I'm just sort of working through that in my head. So making calls, for example, um, if you say I'm going to make 20 calls a day, that's a concept. No, condu- yeah. Make 20 calls per day is a tactic. Making calls is a concept, isn't it? Okay. So actually doing the, the behavior is the tactic. The tactic describes the behavior. So f- follow up with hit list is not a tactic. How are you going to follow up? You're going to email them. You're going to call them. You're going to go see them. Spell that out. Okay. So really get clear on, on the actual yeah. tangible yeah. action you, steps that you can do. Get granular. And, and, the, and here's, here's the challenge with this is people have never been taught to plan this way. So they automatically revert to this conceptual planning and it's why they don't execute well. Hmm. Hmm. And, and there's no when you when you create a tactical plan, three things happen. One, you know the magnitude of the work. When it's conceptual plan, it masks the work. Yeah. Um. The second thing is you've now defined what matters most for the next twelve weeks. And the third thing, and this is probably the biggest benefit, <clears throat> is it leaves a breadcrumb trail. Yeah. You're going to know specifically what worked, and and that's how I say you'll get feedback from the marketplace. It may be that you need to get more referrals, or it may be you need some a totally different action. But the marketplace will tell you that. Mm-hmm. And when I say marketplace, you know, it's, I just mean the world, right? The universe. So whether you're dieting and exercising or whatever it is, you're going you're gonna to know if you've got a tactical plan, what's working and what's not working, which yeah. is how you, you're able to make smaller adjustments more frequently, which is 
how we accelerate the success. It's how our clients are able to accomplish more in 12 weeks than most of the 12 months. It's not working harder and longer. Mm. It's, it's working different. Yeah, actually, I interviewed a guy the other day and he talked about success and, and he, he said that you know success is based on what the collective or marketplace observe uh, about your particular performance. So if your performance or tactics aren't um, observed as favorable by the marketplace, i.e. not bringing in the results for you either, um, yep. then perhaps the, it's it's the wrong performance or the wrong measurements for your performance, um, which was yeah interesting anyway. So looking at uh, our individual individual performance, we've got we've got our twelve week uh, goal that we want to achieve. We're, we're limiting that to you said like one or two main things to focus on those goals. Yep. And then within each of those goals, we've got daily um, tactics or you know, concepts and tactics that we can execute on. And then weekly, yep. we can sort of analyze the results and say, okay, well, that works, that doesn't work. Let's switch that up, do more of that, less of that sort of thing. Yeah, so the, the tactics all have due dates. Some of them are one-time tactics. You're going to do it in a particular week and it's done. Others will be reoccurring, yeah. you know, depend, depending on the goal. Yeah. But every every tactic has a due date. It's either due week one or week one, five and seven or weeks one through 12. Or, um, But that's what drives the weekly execution so that 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 12 week plan becomes a weekly plan. Yeah. And that that defines how we win the week. Yeah. You're going to have days that blow up. If you if you win the week, you're going to be in great shape. OK, so other than you know selecting perhaps the wrong tactics, which no doubt will happen, where do most people fail with this plan? There's a couple of areas. One, um, e- even though we talk about tactical plans, they don't create tactical plans. Um, but the, the biggest the biggest failure, I think, is is the lack of commitment and willingness to do the work. So I've got it all spelled out in front of me. And when you when you set it up this way with the 12 week year, there's nowhere to hide. Nowhere to hide from yourself, nowhere to hide from anyone else who's looking on. Mm-hmm. So um, if you're not doing the things that you said you needed to do in your plan, it creates tension and people will reconcile that tension one of two ways. They either drop out, right? They bail or they sit with it till it causes them to perform differently. We call that productive tension. But the number one reason people bail is because they're not doing what they said they needed to do to create the outcomes they said they wanted to create. They're not willing to pay the price. Yeah. In the- so could that mean, I mean, for me, it means one of two things perhaps, but firstly, that what they thought they desired is actually not what they desire at all. Because if you're not willing to do the action steps that you've created, um, then perhaps it's not really what you want. Might be, right? There's certainly something is is broken there. Either, um, e- either I really didn't desire it or I just haven't stayed connected to it. Right? Yeah, so okay. it's not Good enough point. to create the vision. Yeah. You got to stay connected to it. That's the why. That's why in the moment Tuesday, when I'm supposed to do this thing, that I do that versus going and doing what was easy. Yeah. Um, so really checking in, checking into that vision regularly as well, and I guess that's part of the the, the weekly process. Really connecting with that again, yeah. and pulling yourself up on, hey, well, I probably should have been doing that when I wasn't. It's critical. I think the other thing is people are surprised when they stumble and they struggle. Yeah. Yeah. You know, don't don't be surprised by that. It, it, expect it. It's going to happen. It's mm-hmm. not it's not going to be this straight line cakewalk. It, my experience is it rarely is. And and when it is, just recognize that hey, you got you, you got off really easy this time. But 
But I think people are derailed by the fact that they're surprised that, wow, it didn't work. You know, I didn't get that sale or or the guy didn't even show up for the meeting. Right. And it takes me out of the game and mm. mentally more than anything else. I think if you're if you're ready for that and you're expecting that, then it's easier to stay in the game. Yeah, right. And, and perhaps become a little bit harsh on themselves or beat themselves up a bit about, you know, not performing as they thought they would have rather than sort of assessing that and going, well, why didn't I and, and how can I prove it? Yeah, right. And I can't change the past. So so the 12 week years of guilt-free zone, we never look back to beat ourselves up. We're looking back, though, to say, okay, what could I do differently moving forward? Yeah, yeah. Because my life matters, my goals matter, right? And, and, and success matters the way I've defined it. And what about focus? Like, I assume focus is, is important for the whole process to stay focused on your plan. Um, how do we how do we stay focused without being distracted, without, you know, taking the foot off the accelerator? How do we really be laser focused on, on the plan? Yeah, good question. First is you have to have a tactical plan that itself is laser focused. Yeah. Most people have plans that are, are overwhelming and diffused. So hmm. most people are overwhelmed and diffused. Yeah. Um, the so second keep, keep thing a is simple, really, simple plan then. Simple is good. Yeah. 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 And then the second thing is, um, really, really recognizing that staying focused isn't about never losing focus. It's really about getting good at coming back. It's sort of like the stumble thing. You're going to lose focus. Don't be surprised by that. Have processes that you know you can come back to, which is why we translate that 12-week plan to a weekly plan. Hmm. That's the thing I'm checking in with daily. When, when 20 minutes opens up in my calendar, I don't run to my emails. I don't go to my voicemails. I go to my plan. Because I know if that stuff gets done this week, I had a great week. If if all that other stuff gets done, I lost a week. Now, it might be easier to do all that other stuff, but it's not going to get me where I want to be. That's why that's why staying connected to that vision is critical. Checking in, yeah. It's actually a question I was going to ask you because it often happens because things pop up, right? And their plans aren't sure. always um, bulletproof and things change in the moment. So sometimes you might have this, this tactical plan, whatever it is, daily or the week goal, whatever it might be, and things upset that, things fall out of place, and then suddenly you get to the end of it and go, I didn't actually get everything I wanted done. Um, how, do, how do we sort of, can we adjust that and say, okay, well, what was the reasons why I didn't get it all done? Was it because I was distracted, because I focused on other things and let, let myself um, not execute on the plan, or was it because perhaps, you know, I just didn't have the time there, outside ex- um, influences that I couldn't control, that obviously affected my ability and time allowed to really execute on that. Yeah, that's the process on a weekly basis is really looking at, um, you know, did I do what I said I needed to do? The, 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 the most powerful lead indicator people have, and I use that term assuming people know what that is, um, is a measure of your execution. Because mm-hmm. again, we control the actions, not the outcomes. We track the results. We measure, we score the execution, and and so on a weekly basis, our clients are uh, tracking the results, but they're scoring their execution. So they know, as the CEO of their world, whether they're executing in the ninety percentile, or thirty percentile, or wherever, and they'll know why. So on a weekly basis, they're assessing, you know, what what happened, and you know, the reality is, if if my goals aren't mine and they're not meaningful to me and I'm not committed to them then it really doesn't matter how I execute on a weekly basis. Yeah. Um, if I have that level of ownership, though, then it, then it matters. Mm. And the cool thing is what we've seen is you don't have to be perfect. If you're typically operating 80-plus percent week in and week out, in most cases, you're going to accomplish the 12-week goals. 
Um, but it's on a weekly basis having the courage to measure that and to look at it and say, okay, am I happy with that? Hmm. If I continue in that way, where will I be at the end of 12 weeks? Where will I be at the end of three years? Hmm. Um, and and is, that, is that the path I want to be on or do I want to do something different this week? And if I chose to do things that were off plan versus what was in the plan, why did I make those choices? Yeah. Right. What am, what am I willing to do different this week to be more consistent with the things I said matter most? Hmm. Yeah, it's really, really important part of the process. And for me, it's been one of those things that I've really struggled with is to have that weekly focus, daily focus, but not so much daily focus. That's usually OK. But then getting to the end of the week and going, OK, okay what did I do? What did I do? Well, what did I do? Well, you mm-hmm. know, checking in with that vision again. And then adjusting where I need to and, and going hard again to execute the next week. Um, what I typically would do is just focus on daily, measure it, and not really take the time to assess and replan if I need to adjust or, or you know, just check in basically. Um, so yeah. I think it's a really important part of the process. I assume too it's, it's probably ideal to have someone to sit there with you at those moments to look at your plan together because sometimes I think it's easy to you know beat ourselves up, be a bit harsh on ourselves, but also to let ourselves off the hook uh, at times as well. But if we have someone sitting beside us, um, objectively looking at us and saying, "Okay, well, no, perhaps you're a bit hard on yourself there. Um, perhaps you actually weren't doing what you were supposed to on this particular day, and that's why you failed." You know, having that second person looking and and you know mentoring, coaching us, and and guiding us with our plan would be beneficial, I assume. Absolutely, and then that can come in two forms. Hmm. Um, one is, you know, having a coach and, and a, an outside coach is always a benefit because they, they help create awareness and perspective. The other is, is just having a couple peers that you're willing to be candid with and transparent with, Yeah. Uh, to meet with on a weekly basis for 15 minutes is all you need. Just talk about how you're doing with your goals, how you're doing with your execution, hmm. and then you're challenging and encouraging one another. So it can come in two forms and, and I recommend both. I mean, we do a lot of coaching um, it's where we have the greatest impact. And it's because, um, you know, there are going to be obstacles. There's going to be times when you stumble. There's times when doubt sets in. And having someone in your corner that's all about you and your agenda and your goals, um, you know, you'll just perform better. Uh, statistically, it's time and time again you'll see that. Yeah. Hey, cool stuff. What what can people expect to achieve um, or receive by reading your book, The 12-Week Year? A lot of the what stuff we've discussed already, I assume, but more detail. Yeah, yeah, really what it, you know, you come away with uh, the insights on what it takes to perform at your best and what you're capable of and, and why it doesn't take years and years and years for you to be great. In fact, um, if you think you're going to be great sometime in the future, you probably never will be because life is lived in the moment. And, and so learning how to be great in the moment creates the future you want. And, and so you'll come away with tools and techniques and and some inspiration as well. But really importantly, you'll see the 12-week year as a system that just helps helps you get more of what you want in life faster. Yeah, personally, I like, uh, well, I love the idea of uh, a 12-week plan compared to an annual plan. It, it suits me to a T, and um, I think there's a reason for that. Mate, thanks for uh, sharing the book. I've got some questions that I ask all guests, and the first one I want to ask you, Brian, is what rituals or routines do you or just one ritual maybe or routine that you believe contributes to your success mostly? 
Yeah, um, there, there's a couple of them, but one is one is just um, in the morning. You know, I have a I have a process of, of of prayer and reflection I go through that sets me up to walk in gratitude every day, and and that's huge for me. Um, that's probably the biggest ritual for me. My my source is is my is my faith, and that's where everything comes from. That's my worldview, and so when I tap into that on a daily basis, it's great. When I get away from that, I struggle. Yeah, I like it. What advice would you give your twenty year old self? Enjoy it more. You, you know, for for me, there was. Um, there was this quest to get there, you know, and, and I would yeah. say just enjoy it more. Be outrageously you. Don't don't worry about conforming. Don't worry about what other people think. You know, be outrageously you. Be outrageously you. Yeah, good advice. What's what advice would you, uh, sorry? What do you define as success? You you know, I, I think the measure of success is living your life in your own way. I, I think as we talked earlier, you know, society's too anxious to tell you how you should live it. Um, and I think many people buy into that and then they're disappointed in life and they're comparing themselves to the ads and everything else. Hmm. It's really about, that's why vision matters, right? What, what really matters to you? What's in your heart? What do you want to do? And then having the courage to pursue that. To me, that's successful living is, is it doesn't matter. You don't control the outcomes. Just have the courage to pursue it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then watch what happens. Hmm. <laughs> Something that I've been working on since I've uh, launched the the Hidden Why, and certainly my book that's coming out this year, The Ultimate Life Map, is is a lot about that. Really living your own path, and um, you know it's, it's not easy, and I'm a testament to that. But um, you can yeah. just you know persevere and persist, and have the courage to to really follow that that path, and and you know you just don't know what will happen. But I think it's better than the alternative of sticking to the common path that everyone else follows. Um, Amen. So I like that. Uh, what if I was to serve you your last meal? What would you request? My, my last meal, huh? Um, that that's rough. I you know, I love I love great food, but it might be mac and cheese. Uh, it, it might just be my my mom's mac and cheese recipe. <laughs> mac and cheese, what macaroni and cheese? I assume is that macaroni and cheese? Yeah, macaroni and cheese. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. What, uh, maybe, with, maybe with a fillet on the side and glass of a nice glass of cab, but there'd probably be some some mac and cheese in there somewhere. Oh, now we're talking. <laughs> what what activity do you enjoy the most, or what leisure activity gives you the greatest sense of pleasure? I, I you know we're we're very my wife and I are very um, intentional about family identity. I love spending time with my family. The greatest gift for me is being a dad, and. Um, we have Arabian show horses. I've, I've been riding since I was a kid, so we spend a lot of time doing that. I love just hanging out with the family at the cottage and playing in the lake and stuff like that, but it's it's typically family-related. Nice one. If you had a book that you could pass down to your children uh, or future generations, what one book would that be? The Bible, without question. Then the 12-week year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll stick it in the show notes. It will be there, guys, at thehiddenwhy.com. Check it out. Use the link there. Support the show uh, to pick up a copy of that book if it sounds of interest and uh, support Brian with that as well. Brian, if you had a opportunity to text and tweet, text or tweet uh, a message to the entire world, what would you, what would you say? 
Well, I, I, yeah, it's funny because I, I do a lot on social media every day, and so I do that. But it's really, it's really about just having the courage to pursue your dreams in your life, and and don't don't worry about it. You know, you don't control the outcomes. Just just have the courage to go after it. I think too many people live in bondage to fear of how they might be perceived, or fear that they might fail, or fear that they might, you know, forget all that. Yeah. Do you believe we all have a a why, a hidden why, or a purpose? I, I do, and and the sad part is most people don't know what that is. They never do the work to figure out what that is. Yeah. And what does living life with passion and purpose mean to you? It's everything. It's, it's makes life meaningful, right? Anything less is just I don't I don't know that you're living. I, I it just feels like you're surviving. Yeah. And if I was to ask you what is the underlying motivation behind everything you do, what would that be? Um, to glorify God. To glorify God. Nice one. Brian, it's uh, been a pleasure. Thanks for sharing today. Yeah, great great being with you. Now you've Some got interesting questions. Oh, thank you. You've got a website that people can jump onto, brianpmoran.com. Is that the one? Yeah, the better one is probably 12weekyear.com. Okay. 12weekyear.com. Um, 12weekyear.com, yeah. And there's a picture of me, and right there where it says learn more, there's a three-part video series that's free that you can get started with. It's a great series. I think uh, I think your listeners would enjoy it. I'll stick the links in the show notes, guys. Check it out. And uh, support awesome. Brian. If you love this idea of a 12-week plan, make sure you pick up a copy of the book and uh, jump on board, execute execute to the next level and you know chase those dreams. Uh, Brian, been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, and thanks for having me on, mate. <laughs> cool. Check it all out, guys, thehiddenwhy.com. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwide.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwire.com. Just enter your email address there. And also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcast. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose and in doing so you will discover your hidden white this is the hidden white my name is lee manutzi until next time peace passion and purpose see you soon